0: Be still, my soul, the Lord is on your side. I want you to think of the ways that that Satan is pressing in, trying to steal your peace, trying to steal your joy, trying to steal your hope, and negate you a life of love. Let's read that one more time together. Be still, my soul. The Lord is on your side. It was Christmas Eve. It was cold. It was wet. And the war that many thought was going to be over in just a month or two was still lagging on. And the men had been in battle since August. And here it was, December. And as night fell on December 24th, the Allied troops began to hear something. They couldn't recognize it at first. And faintly in the background they could hear.
1: Stille lena, heilige alles schläft, ein nur das Traute
0: Frank Sumpter heard this sound, and as the soldiers in the British trenches were straining to hear what it was that they were hearing, he began a response. I encourage you to join me. Son. Only son would come to earth and would be called Emmanuel, which means God's with God with us. He would be given, he would be called by his mother and father, Jesus, which is the Greek word for Yeshua, our word for Joshua, which means God redeem us, God rescue us and deliver us. Yeshua. What do they need delivering from? What do we need saving from? What is encroaching on us? You see, on Christmas Eve 1914, the British troops on the Western Front and the German troops had dug in trenches. And they were fighting day in and day out. Bombing one another. Shooting at one another. Trying to kill one another. But as that night fell, they longed for something even greater than victory. They longed for something even greater than power. On that night, they longed for peace. They longed for peace. Scouts from the German side and scouts from the uh, British side met up at a point. They exchanged chocolate, tobacco, and whiskey. And then they went back to their trenches that night, wondering how long that peace would last. The next morning they began to come out of their trenches again. But it was different this time. They weren't alone. Hundreds of soldiers began to crawl, to get up on their feet, and to walk towards one another without their bayonets, without their weapons, but with extended hands. And men who were enemies had become Peaceful. Some say a soccer game broke out by many accounts. On several parts of the Western Front, this happened uncoordinated. In several other parts, there was a continued fight. In fact, many report from the journals of the men and from the military accounts, as men were playing soccer, they could hear other battles going on in the background. But these men chose peace. People took newspapers together. Newspapers even reported it. Why? Because peace is something the world longed for in 1914. And it's something also that we long for today. Now, what are we talking about, Ricky? Do you not realize you're sitting in a church of Christ and we're using that word that is not in the Bible, Advent? I realize this. What Advent simply means is to prepare for the coming of someone important. That's what it means. And it is a simple construct that Christ followers throughout centuries have said, this is a time we are going to remember the one who is to come. The government will be on his shoulders, and his peace will have no end. You will call him Wonderful Counselor. You will call him Prince of Peace. So last week, Garrett led us in some thoughts that reminded us of the hope that we have in Christ Jesus, that in the midst of our mess, Christ gives us hope of redemption. And today we're going to talk about peace. As we talk about the coming King, as we talk about the arrival of Jesus, we're going to talk about peace. You see, prophecies began in the Garden of Eden, right after the brokenness of the sin as Adam and Eve broke God's perfect way. What they did was, they hid from God, and He came to them to restore that peace and it had consequences and one of the things that was prophesied on that day was that jesus would come offspring of the woman would come and would crush the serpent's head and so right there in the midst of our mess jesus says there will be a way there is brokenness between us But there will be a day when there will be peace. When uh, Abraham, he was promised that all nations would be blessed. What does a blessed nation look like? It usually looks like a peaceful nation. A nation that's at peace. All nations would be blessed through his, his offspring. Then we have King David. A king will always sit on your throne. And yes, He will sit on your throne, and his government and his peace will never end. He will rule with righteousness and justice. He has been promised that this king was coming that would bring peace from generations, and I'd even say from the beginning of time. And so without those promises, without that journey, we would be without hope. We would be without love. We would be without peace. And we would be without love. Joy, sorry. We would be without joy. So I want to I put these four words up for you. Celebrate these four things in the last week and in the next couple weeks. As we think of Christ's coming that brings hope, peace, love, and joy. And as we look inside of our hearts and say, God, I need those. Raise your hand if you'd like those in your life. Anybody? And the world has a cheap substitute. Has four cheap substitutes for each of those. It's doubt instead of hope. It's chaos instead of the peace that we feel. It's despair. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares. I'm alone. And instead of joy, it's fear. Raise your hand if those four words sound like our world today. We see it every day. I don't care if you're watching Newsmax or CNN. You're seeing those every day. And our world is hungry. Groaning as a woman in childbirth waiting for this planet to be redeemed that's the way Paul would describe it I don't know how an unmarried man knows so much about childbirth but that's the way he described it you likely know that the word shalom is used in the Old Testament to describe peace shalom is uh, used over 250 times in the Old Testament now here we we now substitute that word very easily for the word peace And so shalom, for us is just peace. Okay, like peace is in a war conflict. Well, yes, it does mean that. But it's even bigger. It is about wholeness. It is about well-being. So it has to do also with our health. It has to do with our our mindset. It has to do with, with just feeling whole and at peace with our world, at peace that God is on our side. And He is taking care of us. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is Psalm 23. And I want to encourage you if, you, if you got your Bible, you can open up there. As David, a man after God's own heart, and one of the forefathers of Jesus Christ, he begins to describe a shepherd. He begins to describe someone who takes care of his people. He describes somebody who not only is going to take care and bless in the good times, but that he's also going to be there when you go through valleys and hardships. And when you have enemies, he's not only going to protect you, he is going to gloat in the victory that he has provided So I want to encourage you this morning to find peace in that shepherd. Let's say that psalm together. Many of you have known this for longer than I've been alive. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me by still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me down paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My
1: cup overflows.
0: Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Does that sound like a peaceful place? Does that sound like a God who is chastising and punishing with no redemption to a people who break His way? It sounds like a God who makes a way For his sheep who are dumb, for his sheep who go astray. And so this morning, as we talk about peace, I want to ask you who are you allowing to shepherd your heart? The Lord says, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I laid out my life down for my sheep. But I'm asking you, who are you allowing in this season of your life to shepherd you? Who are you giving the power and the ability to cover over you with peace? What are you relying on? What am I relying on? And let me tell you, Satan doesn't have many new tricks. He just doesn't. Because his... His simple ones and his old ones work. So let me ask you, is it financial status? Is it your financial security? Is waking up and seeing how much money is still in the bank, or how many hours you put in and is on that paycheck, is that what is bringing you everlasting peace? I'm not advocating for financial responsibility, but I'm asking you, is is that what allows you to sleep at night? Is it your status on social media? And not just your status, but is it your time? Is that your wind-down time? To spend time on social media. To open up TikTok and watch the first video and start flipping. Is it to see how many likes you get on Instagram? Is it to... um, See how many followers you have on Twitter, or um, to read the latest news, to always be in the know. What is it that is bringing you peace in that? And I'm going to take a pause right now, not just for young families, but also for adults. You need to watch the movie Social Dilemma. You need to watch it. It is going to tell you the background game that is happening on every social media site. And what it's going to allow you to do, it is going to allow you to see that the peace that you are seeking through the numbing and through the the basic uh, rewards um, game that it's playing with your mind, it is basic psychology that they are using to manipulate us when we let them shepherd us. You need to watch it. Social dilemma. Watch it with your college kids. Watch it with your young kids who... Uh, you're trying to tell them they're not old enough for social media, you need to watch it for yourself. Is that who you're allowing to shepherd you, to make you feel good and safe? So what's happening on your, on your social media platform. Is it, is it having a weapon? Stepping on toes here today. Is it having a weapon? Now, I'm not saying you can't have a weapon. I'm saying is that what allows you to sleep at night? Is that what allows you to feel powerful in the morning? Is what's happened on social media? How much money you have? What is it that we are allowing to shepherd our heart? Is it a relationship? Oh, God, they're the one for me, but I I, I know this doesn't look the way that Jesus would do it, but but I know, God, you wouldn't have put it in front of me if it wasn't what I needed at this time. Are you allowing a relationship, good or bad, to be your wholeness, your shalom? Because, let me tell you, people will let you down. Is it your help? We've seen all too often... Health vanishes like a mist. And especially right now as we're fighting this virus and how to react to it, how to stay safe, how to stay healthy. Is that what gives us our peace at night? Is it politics? I'm getting really nasty now. Is the person in the White House gonna make you peaceful feel whole be in a right relationship with god now i understand the politics and the policies and these policies help this and i understand that but is that where your hope is at? you're willing to stand up and fight for that and try to convince someone of that in the ministry of reconciliation to get their heart right with god is nowhere in our sight And it's the holiday seasons. I got a message from my brother-in-law saying, I give up drinking alcohol till Christmas. This is before the election. I give up drinking alcohol till Christmas. After the election, he sent me another text. He says, I give up drinking alcohol till Christmas. I'm kidding. He didn't send me that message. But that's a lot of where we're at. We allow alcohol to numb us. And oh, it's just fun. Oh, it's just social. But when we get home from work and the stress is there, do we need a drink to feel peaceful? Is that who has ownership of your peace? Is that who we have handed over the reins to? To give us peace and to shepherd us. Are any of those things I just mentioned going to be with us when our world falls apart? Are any of those things going to guide us in the right way? Are any of those things going to give us God's peace? So the first thing I want to tell you all today, in this season of Welcoming a new Jesus into this world as we prepare our hearts. Let us be careful who we are allowing to shepherd our hearts and let us have peace with God. Make peace with God. Not with those others, because as Jimmy has told us before, I think I've got it up here on on a slide Sin will take you further than you want to go. Keep you longer than you want to stay. And those shepherds will also make you pay more than you want to pay. That's where those shepherds are going to lead you. And it's not going to give you wholeness. So can we light four candles and remember um, hope, peace, love, and joy? Yeah, we can do that. Because we need to remember who is it we are giving our peace to, to lead us in. Who are we expecting to guide us along the paths of peace? In a conversation with Chad uh, over our, uh, our retreat that we went to a couple weeks ago, he was just reminding me of why his business is booming through this pandemic and the things that are ripping people's lives apart. Let's get the first thing first and get peace with God. And lastly, I wanted to invite us to think of one more aspect of peace. In Luke 2, we're all familiar uh, with the Christmas pageants. As somebody's the angel and they come up and they, they announce loudly, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those in whom his favor rests. God also desires for us to have peace with mankind. He desires for us to experience peaceful relationships with his children. So let me ask you again how is your passing of the peace going? How is your life of shalom? Not just, okay, I've got mine, but how are you able to share that with other people? Are there family members you need to reconcile? Is there a broken relationship at work? Is there a neighbor who is a jerk? Are you the jerk neighbor? Because you see, Jesus in his big sermon says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Experiencing and sharing God's peace is not an option for us as Christ followers. And I want to encourage you not only to seek God for peace as your shepherd who's going to guide you, who's going to protect you when your world falls apart, I want to encourage you to also be one who is sharing that peace and inviting others in to that peace. Today, Mark and Melinda Dye have shared with us about their ministry of bringing people into a peaceful relationship to God, reconciling their relationship with God. We're going to hear more about that during communion. But I want to tell you somebody else's story as well. He was a young man. His father was wealthy. And yet, he couldn't find wholeness, shalom, in this in this life it it, it just it avoided him so he ran away and then he found a, a church that needed repairs and people there who needed care for so he went he stole from his dad and took uh the the things from his factory and sold them and then gave the money to the church and to the poor well his dad finds out and his dad grabs him drags him to court and the man says, I was born your son, but today I walk out as a son of God. He took off all his clothes, started walking out. And the priest that was there put his cloak around him, and out he walked. This man's name from their own, was Francis of Assisi. Because in the things of this world, he could not find peace. And we will not find peace in the things of this world. And so I want to invite us today, as we conclude, to read a prayer he penned as he was seeking the Lord. And as he began to say, Lord, how can we participate and be sons of God who are making peace with mankind? So I'm going to give you 30 seconds to look at this slide and read it in your heart, and then Patrick, I'll tell you when to go to the next slide, and I'm going to allow you to read it. And as you sit and take it in, we're there going to finish by reading it together. I want to invite you to pray this prayer. I would encourage you throughout this week, as we focus on peace. I would encourage you to look up the prayer of Saint Francis of Assisi. He is a saint. Just as much as I am a saint, and my friend John Rich is a saint, and my brother Andrew and his beautiful wife Shay is also a saint, as we are Christ's followers. The scriptures call us saints. Let's pray this together today. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. it is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Father, our hearts are longing for You like those soldiers did on that wet, cold night. What we most long for is peace between You and us. Peace between us and in our fellow man and fellow woman. Father, help us not to dole that out with false sense of security in things that make us feel powerful, in things that make us feel important, in things that would dole our senses, in things that would trap us in addiction. Father, that desire deep within us is for something greater than the chaos of this world, and that is Your peace. Lead us today, Father. Lead us today not only to a greater desire for Your peace between You and us, and between us and those around us, but lead us, Father, to take steps to surrender to You, the shepherds that we have given our peace to, And let us come to You, the Good Shepherd. That You would guide us. That You would care for us. That You would comfort us. That we could experience the shalom, the peace, the wholeness that we were created for. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. The Good Shepherd. Amen.